Hey friends, I'm Ashley. Hey you guys, I'm Lainey. And this is Haunted Real Estate. So I'd like to start today with a poem. <laughs> you sound like Moira. Oh, dang it. I should have come up with some brilliant Moira line. I have some Moira vocab words, too. Okay, so I'm going to start with a poem today by Kurt James titled Annabelle Stark. She walks out of the shadows when the day turns dark. St. Elmo, only full-time residence, is Annabelle Stark. From the hotel window overlooking the Stark family store, watching the empty boardwalks of St. Elmo once more. She was born, raised, lived, and breathed. This was her town. Never thought of leaving, even when the gold mine shut down. When young Annie was beautiful and the talk of the town, many years later, she would have her mental breakdown. Dirty Annie, a nickname given as she grew older and aged, never bathing in tangled hair as mental illness raged. Known to patrol the dusty streets with a pistol and shotgun, year in and year out as her afflicted mind became undone, Dirty Annie's hotel deteriorated, as well as the family store. Trash and sour-smelling food tins began to pile up on the floor. In the years of the Lord, 1960, Dirty Annie fell ill and she died. Some say at night in St. Elmo that her ghost still resides. Wow, that was beautifully dark. Yes, so that is going to be... A mo- the big part of our story today is Annabelle Stark. Today, Stark. The Starks. Today's story is about ghost town of St. Elmo, Colorado. So St. Elmo is probably a lesser known piece of real estate, seeing as nobody really lives there. There are a few people that do live there, but we'll talk about that. And where is it in regards to like Boulder or Denver? I'm going to get to that here in just a hot second as as soon as I finish my introduction. Okay. So it's an interesting history, but not a very long one. And so even though there is a fire in St. Elmo, there is a movie called St. Elmo's Fire starring Demi Moore and Rob Lowe. It literally has nothing to do with that movie. That movie takes place at Georgetown University in Washington, D.C. And this is St. Elmo, Colorado. So ergo, unrelated. FYI, because Casey was like, oh, yeah, there's a movie about this. And I was like, what? And I looked it up and I was like, that is not the same thing, even a little bit. Do you know why they called it St. Elmo's Fire? I think that was a bar in the movie. Yep, totally different. Yeah, totally different. Uh, So St. Elmo today is one of America's best preserved ghost towns. And I have to say, I love a good ghost town. As do I. Yeah, just I follow all the abandoned properties and I love ghost towns and they're just frozen in time. So it's just interesting to see how people lived back then. So let's jump into St. Elmo and Dirty Annie. That's a really unfortunate nickname. I would hate to be called Dirty Laney. (laughs) You're right. Am I smelly or am I sultry? It's, uh, oh no, okay, not sultry. I know. Um, I got from your poem that she didn't bathe herself. Yes. And it may had may had may have had to do with mental illness, but it also may have had to do with rebelling against her mother, who was extremely strict. 
Got it. So it may have been like, mom's gone, I'm letting myself go now. So it, it could have been either one. So St. Elmo is about two hours and 45 minutes southwest of Denver. And it's about 10,000 feet up in the mountain region. So, oh, so it's ghostly town up in the mountains. And yeah, pretty remote. So between the 1850s and the 1870s, there were very few settlers in that area. Uh, it wasn't even really on the map per se, um, but gold and silver miners had come in and out of the region without much luck, but it was post-Civil War that Dr. Abner Wright discovered gold and silver around Chalk Creek, primarily out of Mary Murphy's mine in, I hope I'm saying this right, Chaffee County, C-H-A-F-F-E-E. So when you find gold, word gets out, and it became a boom town in about 1880 and was originally named Forest City, but the post office actually complained about that because there were so many forest cities that it got very confusing. So it basically immediately was renamed to St. Elmo and became a township uh, once it received that first post office. All right. So since it started as a mining town, it primarily had a population of males because miners be mailing. Mm-hmm. Mailing? Yeah, but M A L. Not (laughs) M-A-I-L. So with a bunch of dudes, it comes with saloons and dance halls and brothels. And um, so it was it was a hoot for men, um, I guess, in a town that doesn't really have ladies. Well, yeah, if they have brothels. Yeah, I mean, there's like ladies working in there. Mm -hmm. But it's not probably a place you're going to go meet, you know, your future wife. Um, So once they built a tunnel and train station, it did allow for more people to travel through the area. And as a result, Saturday nights got pretty rowdy. Um, 1881, Anton Stark was a cattleman. And according to the Colorado census, he was a German immigrant. He came through St. Elmo and was just really taken with the town. So he was like, hey, fam, hop in the wagon. Let's go. We're moving to St. Elmo. So they moved to the little mining town. Anton became a section boss for one of the mines in the area. And his wife, Anna Stark, was running the general store and hotel called the Home Comfort Hotel. So together they had three children. Tony. Tony Tony Stark. Stark. Oh my gosh. Iron Man came from St. Elmo? Yes, Iron Man's from St. Elmo. I just thought that was really funny. So Tony, Roy, and Annabelle Stark were their three children. So all three children worked at um, the store or the hotel with Anna, their mother. People also boasted about the hotel. If they were to comment on Yelp at the time, they would have said how clean it was and how scrumptious the food was and that the store was always well stocked. That would be such a fun job. Like if I had to pick one back then, it would be work at the grocery and hotel place. Yeah. Well, and like groceries were totally different back then too, because you'd be like, you know, you'd like hand them a list and they'd like get together all your little goodies yeah, for you. I love that. Now today you have to do it yourself. Well, Although you we do have send online. a list to da- a Dasher. Was, was, that's, yeah. And you can, you know, like I order from Kroger online sometimes, then they load it in the car. I guess that's a similar concept, except a lot of times they put things in there. You're like, no, that is not a viable replacement. Thank you. <laughs> I know. One time I asked for um, refrigerated dog food and they brought, um, it was like hostess cupcakes instead. I was like, what? 
Why? It's not even a replacement. And they were even messaging me, too. Like, uh, they don't have this kind of dog food, but they have this kind. I didn't get the other kind. I got some freaking cupcakes. And I'm sure Maxine was delighted. <laughs> yes. And pooping all over the place. No, I did not feed her the cupcakes, and I did not eat them myself. That's funny. So the Starks had moved up the ranks in the town. They became the elite family. Unfortunately, Anna Stark, the mother, was not known to be the kindest lady. Oh. Um, she looked down her nose at pretty much everybody in town. Um, it was a small town, but I guess she saw herself well above miners and any of the mining families. And like we said, it's a mining town, so there were women in sex work and doing things that she just considered very unsavory. Well, that may be like, don't be a bee. I mean, yeah, people I would need think to earn a living. And hospitality would be a little pleasant. Yeah, it's a form of work for women, and that probably what there wasn't a whole lot to do. And until like children and stuff start coming, I mean, you have to think how difficult it is to start a school and other shops until you have the population to demand those things. Yeah. So there's just not a whole lot that you can do. She was actually described as a humorless woman. Oh, that's unfortunate. That's another thing I'd hate to be described I'd hate as. To be called humorless. <laughs> So yeah, I guess she did not have a super great personality, but Anton, I guess, saw something in her. I mean, they had three kids. That really sucks. I met someone recently and asked my coworker, like, can you imagine her laughing ever? He was like, no. That's horrible. That makes me think of this lady. Like, that's so sad. You're that grumpy. No one can picture you smiling or laughing. Yeah, like, did you even have any friends? I mean, that's a lonely life. Yeah, what made you be so rude? Yeah, she just, I don't know her background story, but she saw herself above everybody. Bitch. So even though she did look her nose down at people, even the other elite families didn't necessarily like take a liking to her by the sounds of it. And she was extremely controlling over the children since she definitely thought the Stark family was better than everyone else. She would not let the kids socialize or make friends with anybody. Wow. So they were pretty much cooped up inside all the time and they had to stay with mom and mom was their only friend. That really sucks, especially when your only when friend like, is so humorless. Don't live in a small town then. Yeah. I mean, they have like nobody to hang out with. Like if you seriously think you're that much better than everybody, then why did you decide to marry the town essentially? Right. And did Daddy Stark, or did he go there for mining or he went there just because he fell in love with the town? He liked the town, but I mean, he was like a mining boss. Got it. Oh, yeah. You said he was a, a region or section a regional boss? manager. Yes. Yeah, he was regional manager. GM yeah, so, Dunder Mifflin. So they were almost never allowed to leave home and they were pretty much forbidden from going out to any social functions. Hence, the Starks only hung out with the Starks and the kids were definitely strange and strange because they probably didn't socialize. So like, how do you learn to talk to people? Oh, you don't. Yeah. You think she'd at least like let them hang out in the grocery store and meet people there, but. Well, I think that like they did work in the store and stuff like that, but they weren't allowed to make friends. So I think it was just, they were awkward kids. Psycho mom. And all three were considered eccentric people, even into adulthood. Well, I like eccentric, but I guess that could be a very broad term. Yeah, I'm just talking about straight up weird. (laughs) I think they're weird. Um, So St. Elmo hit its peak in 1890 with 2,000 residents, uh, but then it started to go downhill. So there was a fire that did destroy several buildings in the business section. St. Elmo's fire, eh? I know, right? That's what's confusing. I understand Casey's confusion. So there was a fire that destroyed several buildings 
buildings in the business section, and several of those buildings did not end up getting rebuilt. In the later 1890s, the mines started to run dry, and consequently, miners were starting to move out, meaning businesses are going to start struggling because mining was the one big economic thing that everything was centered around. So once those started drying up, people left. So the store suffers, the hotel suffers, all the businesses start suffering. And so it's going to further strain the economy of St. Elmo. So uh, population started to dwindle. So the Alpine Tunnel, which had brought many of the travelers and the miners, ended up shutting down in 1910. So this town really had like probably 10 good years. Wow. But really 20, 20 years of a reasonable population when it really started to diminish. Because once that Alpine Tunnel shut down, no one else was coming. You're really saying bye to a good chunk of the transportation. And so even like travelers who may just like come as a pit stop into the town aren't aren't going to be making many visits uh, because it's a lot harder to get there. So the last train literally left the station to never return again in 1922. Wow. So after that, I don't know how many people ended up staying, but it kept going downhill. So something about that just would make me feel really trapped. And you know that like economically, it's not going to be feasible to stay. So then who's going to even come visit? I mean, literally, you're only a pit stop at that point. Yeah. So the two sons, Roy and Tony, really did try to promote the town and bring new investment opportunities. Uh, They tried to get the mines to open back up, but investors just were not biting. So no one really wanted to put their money in a dying town with mines that had really stopped yielding a profit. So when getting investors to come, it just didn't pan out. So the boys decided to focus more on tourism, that people would stop by, maybe ski, maybe, I don't know, want a little mountain getaway. So to their credit, the Stark family were the only ones trying to keep a heartbeat on this town. Um, They were the ones credited for keeping it going past the mining days. Wow. Uh, What the Starks ended up doing was leasing the now empty cabins out to people wanting to vacation in the area. And in addition, they continued to run the Home Comfort Hotel and the general store. I just want to know how many people actually came to visit that. It's not many. So Anton Stark died, we think around 1900, it's hard to say, uh, but we think he died around 1900. So the family was left to figure things out for themselves. Uh, Tourism was not doing well in St. Elmo. Probably, as you can imagine, because there's just honestly, it doesn't sound like there's much to do there other than like being in a remote mountain area. Yeah, like people might like that now for like a Airbnb. Right, but (laughs) But it still needs to be easier to get to. I mean, if it's super hard to get to, well... It's just going to be more expensive and like, I don't know. It, it, yeah. it's something about that doesn't feel safe either. Well, and we also just live in a louder world where remote sounds extra nice. Back then, everything's kind of still remote. Yeah, and very, yeah, very rural. Rural. I hate that word. So yeah. I don't hate it, but I hate trying to say that. Rural. Mm-hmm. So tourism wasn't doing well in St. Elmo. So Anna Stark sent Annabelle to her odd and eccentric daughter to work at a telegraph office about 20 miles south of St. Elmo. So that was probably good for Annabelle, except the fact that this was her first shove into adulthood. And she had, she had not spent any ha- any time like making friends or socializing with anybody. So I cannot imagine her lack of people experience and then mom sending her to earn her keep somewhere else. Yeah. That's got to be like a thing. 
a shock. Yeah, it's really scary. So I imagine she had a ton of social anxiety. So Annabelle was said to be very attractive, though. After some time in the Salida Telegraph office, she did meet a man named Ward around 1922, and the two of them married. So for reasons we don't know, the marriage diminished after only about two years. She ran out of things to say. I, yeah, I mean, that's what I imagine is that, you know, maybe he wanted a social life and that was hard for her or I don't know. She could have been agoraphobic for all we know. She didn't want to leave the house. I mean, that's, that's gotta be debilitating. Yeah. And now I'm just making assumptions here. I don't really know. So after the failed marriage, Annabelle came back to St. Elmo where she spent the remaining years of her life. The last remaining profitable mine, which was that that Mary Murphy mine, closed in 1925. In 1926, the railroads were deteriorating and nobody wanted to invest money to fix them, so it further strained the town. So the Starks firmly believed that the town was going to make a comeback. Uh, So they continued, even though Anton Stark had been dead, uh, they continued buying up property that went into foreclosure, thinking that they were going to be the elite and now own all this property in St. Elmo. That's a real bummer. Come 1930, seven people lived in St. Elmo. Including the Starks? And four of them were Starks. Oh, God. Well, they were the elite. (laughs) You're right. Out of seven people, I mean, it's not that hard. 1934, Roy Stark ended up passing away, and so did Anna Stark. So one of the sons and the mother passed away. So at that time, that only left Tony and Annabelle, were the last remaining residents of the town. Just the two of them? Brother and sister. Just the two of us. Yeah. um, I love our brother, but the thought of only me and Will being in a town together kind of sounds terrible. I mean, just being stuck with one other person one other forever person, right. sucks. <laughs> yeah. There would have to be like, even if like it was me and you and like, it'd be like, okay, Fridays, we don't see each other. We don't talk to each other. Like, <laughs> yes. don't call me. Don't text me. So it has nothing to do with I'm, I'm more of a loner than you. I'd be like, and Tuesdays and Thursdays. <laughs> We'll see each other two days out of the week. So, yeah, it has nothing to do with Will. Will, you know I loved you, but don't act like you wouldn't. Loved. I loved you. I still love you. Don't act like you wouldn't be miserable just sitting around with me seven days a week, 365 days out of the year. So, Tony and Annabelle um, had only each other in a dead town that had no functioning plumbing or electricity. It just gets worse and worse. It's like being stranded at a camping site, a campsite. Yes. (laughs) You, and no remaining family members, no electricity and no running plumbing. I mean, this is my personal hell at this point. I know. I would be like, hey, Tony, you've heard of New York City? Let's go there. (laughs) Oh, that would be such a shock. I know. So the, the two of them did try to keep things running together for any passersby through the town. Uh, so we don't know for sure exactly what their mental state was, but they had stopped taking care of themselves. Oh my gosh, can you just imagine somebody walking up into the town and they're like, oh my god, oh my god, hi! But then also oh, don't yeah, know like, what to say, so they're just like, <sighs> like rabid dogs. Yeah, see, <laughs> I imagine like, they like, now. were barely talking and were just quiet and disheveled looking and Creeping closer and closer, like, you're a person. Yeah. Oh, Welcome to say no. I know. Were they close talkers? Were they, like, really quiet and kept to themselves? <laughs> Feel their breath on your cheek? Yeah. So neither were bathing regularly or changing their clothes. Um, so their store, hotel, and other buildings had also fallen into disrepair. So, like, people aren't wanting to come travel there at that point. 
Um, so they're really not doing well. Um, the food in the store started going bad and the store began to smell uh, because, you know, cheese is going moldy, milk's going rancid, Ew. which obviously is going to turn customers away too. So it was at this point that Annabelle had earned the, the nickname Dirty Annie. Um, she wasn't bathing, changing her clothes. She wasn't brushing her hair. Uh, she just was not taking care of herself at all. And so, like I said, it it, it could have been that she was severely mentally ill, or it also could have been that her mother, like, forced them to live a certain way. You're elite. You're better than everybody. Probably made her put her hair up in a tight bun every single day. And mm-hmm. so it could have just been also her rebelling against the way she'd lived her entire life. So visitors of the town still said that she was very nice, but just in really rough shape. So um, she would walk up and down the town with a rifle, Uh, in hand like she was ready to protect her property and she loved the town like fiercely loved the town she was very passionate about it but to onlookers you just see this lady walking up and down with her pistol or her shotgun like ready to take somebody out if anything happens yeah it's a little intimidating i don't know that she ever had to use it i mean I, i didn't see anything that she did or didn't but She looked unwell to a lot of people uh, with her hair unkept, tangled and tattered clothing. She probably looked unstable and not very inviting. Mm -hmm. So St. Elmo was officially a dead town September 30th, 1952. Happy birthday, Megan. Not 1952. (laughs) I guess I have to say you really aged her. So even though there were people, uh, people had been gone roughly 30 years. The Starks were the ones that kept the town alive as long as they did. But there's still no cheese or milk in the grocery store. I mean, are they just shooting animals for themselves at this point? They might have been. I Gosh. don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't really say, but I'm sure transporting food th- food there became like pretty expensive because now you're, you don't have to like do these giant bulk orders for an entire town. So yeah, um, it probably is very difficult. So the Starks were the ones that kept the town alive as long as they did. Somebody, I guess, did report them because Tony and Annabelle Stark were both taken to mental institutions around this time uh, when the mm. town officially became no longer a town. They had one family friend that went to the authorities to let the authorities know that Tony and Annabelle were odd, yes, but they were not a danger to anybody. Mm -hmm. Um, So it wasn't long after that they did get released, but Tony ended up passing away. Um, And in 1958, Annabelle was sent to a nursing home where she passed away only two years later in 1960. That's so wild. Uh, One of my stories also, once a person went into the mental institution, they died shortly after. It's like once they get regular food and sleep and bed, it's like their body shuts down. Yeah, or who, who knows how they're being taken care of there too. True. Or what does that do to your mental state? If you know, like I might have to spend the rest of my life here. Yeah. You know, I don't know. So their properties, which the bulk of the town was left to that one friend that went to the authorities who was unnamed. Sneaky little thing he did there. But can you imagine inheriting a ghost town? (laughs) It'd be really cool if we did, but yeah. (laughs) It'd be cool. But then what do you do? Like you hang out there by, like, I'm not going without a huge group of people. I mean, I'm going with like 20 people. Like you get these cabins. Like I'm not going to just hang out with like me, you know, like the Jaboras are going to go. probably sell it to some like land investors where they'll knock it down and build something. But what do they want to do with it? It's a ghost town and there's no like economic like reason to be there. So selling it is probably extremely difficult too. 
Her world's getting bigger and bigger with billions of people. Eventually, someone's going to need that space, right? It's up in the mountain a region, 10,000 feet up. So <laughs> yeah. even today, it's still a ghost town and very few people live there. So I don't even know that'd be worth anything. So the town does have ghostly activity. And as you probably guessed it, Annabelle Stark is the active the main active presidents um, in the town. So the friend that inherited the property said that her grandchildren were playing in one of the rooms of the hotel when suddenly all the surrounding doors slammed shut, locking them in the room, and the temperature dropped at least 20 degrees. No, thank you. I don't, I would not handle being locked in very well. Also, I'm guessing Annabelle didn't like children because she probably was never around them. Oh, yeah, I'd imagine. uh, So I really think she doesn't like kids. After the children had been crying and screaming for a while, the door suddenly swung open, releasing them from the room, and uh, the temperature returned back to normal. But after this encounter, the most of the grandchildren never wanted to play inside of the property again. Like, the children didn't. One of the adult grandchildren decided that the hotel would be a fun project to try to fix up. Um, And so she started making a lot of repairs to the hotel, which you know how spirits love when you make repairs. Um, and at night, her tools, she would she would leave her tools there at night and return the next day, and they would be thrown all around the room. <laughs> so then literally this happened several times. So then she decided to padlock them into a closet, and the next day, her tools, like the closet door was open, and the tools were still thrown around the room. Golly, that confirmation would be terrifying too. Yep, yeah, there's a ghost. That was a gross throat sound. <laughs> that wasn't me this time. <laughs> Like you were morphing into something like that skin changing sound. Sorry. <laughs> I can't help it. I can't burn. Um, one skier that was near the town had a good view of the hotel because there are skiers that go past it. The skier said she saw a woman in a white dress. Always a freaking white dress. Is that the one clothing item you get when you die? It's white or black, but you don't get pink or blue or green. Yeah, no colors. No floral. What the hell? Yeah. So she said this woman in white was staring out the window of the second story of the hotel. And the skier said that she was looking past her so he turned to see what the heck she was looking at and she saw a bunch of snowmobilers riding down the streets of saint elmo so the skier went to notify the group that it was illegal to snowmobile in saint elmo and they said they were sorry and they left the area and then the skier looked back towards the hotel and the woman in white nodded and then disappeared oh so she was like thank you getting rid exactly of thank you for getting them to follow the rules because assuming it was annabelle stark she cares a lot about that town so the skier did go to the hotel the next day to inquire about that experience and the hotel had been totally vacant the day before um, the owner was not present on the property and there had been no guests so it's believed that that was annabelle stark because she was keeping a watchful eye on the town but mostly the hotel because that's where she spent most of her time According to cohauntedhouses.com, which is Colorado, furniture frequent- uh, Co-hauntings. There's two different ghost families here. (laughs) Yeah. Cohauntedhouse.com. Furniture frequently moves around in the area. Um, One commenter said that they stayed at the hotel and they went into the room, turned on the lamps, dropped off their belongings, and then headed out. And then upon arriving back to their room, the lamp was unplugged on the floor. (laughs) So- Fuck you, no light. Yeah. Hey, Annabelle did not have electricity. You don't need it to, okay? She lived without it. Mm-hmm. Um, another commenter said that she was taking lots of pictures inside the hotel to review later to see if there were any ghost sightings in the pictures. And the next day, her camera was gone. 
never to be found. That sucks. Those aren't cheap. No. Speaking of which, Lainey and I recorded a different episode last night, which now we're going to record in a couple of days. And even though we checked to make sure it recorded, I took it to the computer to upload it and none of the recordings were there. None. It was super weird. I'm telling you, I think we got a ghost here right now because a couple of weird things. We tested it quite a few times only to find out it's as if it never happened. Yeah, we tested it. We checked the roadcaster to make sure it was there because we always like test our audio. And it was like, okay, like so those recordings at the very least should be there. And then the record button turns red and it only turns red if you have the memory stick in there. So the memory stick was in there or the chip, whatever. So there's literally, there's no reason it shouldn't be there. Like, I don't understand. Um, so anyway, there's a ghost here too, FYI. So today there are still 43 buildings standing in the ghost town of St. Elmo. Um, some of those include the saloon, several private residences that, well, had been private residences. There's the courthouse and the jail. They still stand and the general store. I would love to see the saloon mm-hmm. and the jailhouse and the store. Yes. And the hotel. So there are a few people that live there, but they are running it as a ghost town tourist attraction. Uh, So the general store operates May through October. Um, One website said September. So if you are going, please go look ahead of time. Don't depend on me to tell you that uh, because that may not be up to date. So basically they're open summer up until when the fall starts because it probably gets really cold. Um, So you can stay in St. Elmo. Uh, Most of the buildings will be locked to the public, but they do keep the the I want to say the windows open, like the curtains open Mm -hmm. because they want you to be able to see what's inside of the abandoned properties. But Annie or Annabelle is definitely keeping a watchful eye on her beloved town. And you know what, Annie? You do you because it's good to be passionate about something. And she was passionate about St. Elmo. Stay dirty, Annie. Stay dirty, Annie. Um, So I only have one arbitrary anecdote. By 1925, the mines had produced $4.4 million in gold, which in 2023 translates to $77,357,280. That was making bank than making nothing so fast. I know. (laughs) That's a lot of money. Yeah, I mean, that is a lot of money. and But I mean, there were 2,000 people in the town, so it's not a ton of money for 2,000 people. But it also didn't just produce gold. That's all it produced in gold. The mines also produced silver, lead, and zinc. So there were other, you know, precious minerals to be found. Yeah. So that is it for today. Um, we have some good stuff coming to you, including we have uh, Krampus should be coming up next. Hopefully, we'll see if uh, Krampus didn't <laughs> want us recording yesterday. That's for dang sure yeah krampus is definitely here it's better to have it erased than dragged to hell so yeah i'll take that maybe he just didn't want us talking about that yeah (laughs) yeah so hang tight with us you guys thank you for sticking with us um thank you if you'd like to send us any recommendations please do please do at haunted repod at gmail.com and go follow us on instagram haunted.real dot estate and if you can please go rate and review us on your preferred podcast plod cloth platform you know what i'm saying rate and review us we appreciate it so that is it for today we'll we'll post some pictures of the ghost town of saint elmo and hopefully you you found that a little bit interesting Interesting. uh go (laughs) what are you doing Go visit go visit a ghost town because there's some really cool ones out there. Visit a ghost uh, town. Mm-hmm. 
And a lot of them were old gold mining towns. So, you know, they have that cool old Western look. Gold mining. <laughs> okay. And we're going to go ahead and close up for today because Lane just got moired. All right. Bye. Love you. Bye.